Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, just another day in Q time, baby. And, you know, I figured if we were going to talk about businesses and startups that were especially effective at social distancing, we might as well bring some drone people in today. So with us today, we have Sinue Montoya of DroneQuote.net. Sinue, longtime listener. First time caller. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing out there in uh, post-COVID world, if you will? Well, uh, is it post yet? Uh, we're getting. I, I like there. to think that we're like a, a minute and thirty seconds into a two and a half hour movie. So, oh, that's that's a good way to look at it. I hope we're a little more than a minute and thirty seconds. But so, so Senua is the the founder of DroneQuote.net, and we'll talk a little bit about that before we get started. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io. We help you build a software team quickly and affordably. So, Sinue, you are out there in lovely San Diego, which is always surprisingly cold, despite its California billing. I don't understand that. Every time I go out there, I'm like, oh. But uh, uh, with that, you've built a tidy little business around doing solar panel installation quotes with drones. Let's talk about that for a second before we get started and get, give us a little background of what made you yeah, get Yeah, well, I appreciate that. you asking. You know, I used to be an in-home sales guy. Uh, before they outlawed, you know, you leaving your house pretty much. And <clears throat> and during that time, I used to sell solar for a solar installer here in the San Diego area. And I'd be going from house, to, well, not house to house, but I would, my appointments would be from one house to the next house, right? And uh, I like to tell people because I'm scared of heights. I'm 5'6". I didn't like getting on roofs. Um, <laughs> so I, I bought a drone uh, because it allowed me to uh, get on, it allowed me to measure the roof and get a good picture of what was going on on the roof without having to walk the entirety of the roof or, or you know, um, having to uh, carry around a heavy ladder. And um, I noticed that there was a, a really positive response from homeowners and from my clientele and from my projects. They were moving a lot quicker, a lot more accurately. Um, I was able to sell a more uh, uh, cost effectively, effectively for me because I wasn't having to eat any cost on anything that I'd missed from satellite imagery or not, you know, walking the roof in its entirety. Um, and so one thing led to another. I just saw an opportunity and I saw the the nascent, uh, industry of drones really <laughs> taking off, if you will. And um, that was back in 2013, 2014. So I started plotting a course for starting a business uh, thereafter. Matt, do you have a drone? You know, I've had a couple in the past and um, my experience with them was pretty much running them into something and getting them lost or breaking I them. I, I actually, uh, I, I have a couple comments. First off, I'm six foot four and I am scared of heights on some levels. Like I hate being up on really tall ladders. And somehow people always say to me, they're always like, I'm surprised <laughs> being so tall, you're afraid of heights. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that has <laughs> anything work to do with way. it. And then, um, yeah, and then actually uh, a, a quick drone story myself. So I said I wanted a drone and my wife bought me these little Star Wars training drones and one of them looked like a TIE fighter and the other one looked like 
whichever one Darth Vader flew. I charged him up and I, the very first flight got him up in the air and immediately flew in a beeline right into my, the neighbor across the street. Did you break window. it? So no, no, but I, I, it was headed in that trajectory. And I, I mean, I, I saw it break like in my head and it, it pinged so loud off. Of, uh, these okay. were little tiny drones. I mean, they were like tiny, tiny, but yeah. So I learned a lot. And then I, I worked my way up to a, a larger drone and I learned that the, you know, they're, they're, they're easy to fly, but they're not easy to fly. So, I mean, uh, you can you can do a lot of uh, I, I learned that flying them in a straightforward line was was right. easy, but going backwards in other directions was a lot a lot more complicated. Well, I mean, what started so, it yeah. for me was I bought this little like it was like a hundred dollar drone back in 2013, and then I just I really got infatuated with the flying it. Right, it was a lot of fun, and that led to a more expensive drone, and then a more expensive drone, and finally I I sold my motorcycle at the time. It was like a a really nice street bike I had to buy like a $3,500 drone. And this was, and that's actually literally what allowed me to bring it into work and actually use it for work. Um, but that drone, I had the family over and everybody was, you know, looking at this new cool toy that I had and I was wanting to show off in front of everybody. And I flew it right into a tree and smashed it into a bunch of pieces. And this is, yeah, this is the drone wow. that I sold my motorcycle <laughs> to buy. So <laughs> You know that yeah, it was a really painful event, and everybody was watching. And you 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 blew you blew it up, right? Oh yeah, like it, on the, the whole spot? family was over, and right in front of of, of everybody, it was like uh, about thirty feet off the ground. I nipped this tree and just smash into a bunch of pieces. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> wow. Well, but you know, so my my first experience with with drones on a commercial level was I, I used to own an office building and it backed up to a, a large open space. And about halfway through my ownership of the building, um, whoever owned the space uh, piled up the equivalent of half a million bags of mulch, like shredded up trees. And they had, you know, they had made this like 50 foot tall, uh, uh, mulch pile behind my building. And I got, basically I had gotten into a dispute with them and I hired a drone company to come out. And the guy that came out had probably had one of the, like this, probably he, he said it was like a $5,000 machine. And he flew this thing and in a very, I mean, he was very scientific with the, with it. He had all this different stuff and he flew it in this grid pattern over a several acre lot. And he came back, he sent me stuff about a day later that had all these volumetric calculations. That's how I knew how much mulch was there. He was able to show me that the, that the company had put 99% of it outside of their designated environmental boundaries. And he did a whole lot of different stuff. And, it, and the, the information that, that he gathered and put together from that drone allowed me to basically state my case to the wow. city that the people behind me now, yeah. And, and they, they had to move of all of it and they should have had, they had, should have had to move all of it. It was blowing all over my building. It was really crazy. But, um, that's when I, that was my first real, um, experience with drones on a commercial level. And that was like three or four mm -hmm. years ago at this point. And I was very impressed with, the, with the technology. And you know, I asked the guy, 
you know, he had plugged in, he had plugged the drone into some third party software and different platforms and had done some stuff. And I, I was really impressed with it. So in regards to what you do at drone quote, now you're, you're gathering information that helps solar panel installation companies bid on homes. Yeah, so it's the model is a little bit different than that. Uh, we use um, satellite imagery initially to put together the quotes. And then once the quote has moved forward into a contract, then we use a drone to go out and survey the property on the homeowner's behalf. So the homeowner could see this is what the condition of my roof is like today before anybody set foot on it. This is what um, the available space is and, and it allows us to be more accurate with our post uh, sale design that goes to permitting. And then once the system is installed, we go out and we do a post installation survey that we could then show to the homeowner because most people don't climb their roofs to look at the condition of their of their um, of the roof after an installation. They just don't, right? Especially if it's a two-story roof or a hard-to-access roof. And that allows us to make sure that the system was installed or the roof was installed in a manner that uh, respects or improves the integrity of Can you tell me, can you give us a breakdown on why that's better, faster, or cheaper? So the quoting process is better, faster, and less expensive because everything is virtual. There is no, you know, home-to-home visit that takes time and resources of driving around different towns, right? So that saves a lot of time and uh, resources on the sales side to be more competitive in price. Uh, in terms of time for the homeowner, because we quote multiple, it's a marketplace, right? So it's an online marketplace. And because we quote multiple installers all at once, the homeowner doesn't have to sit through multiple presentations to get their pricing. They sit through no presentations and they're able to have the pricing uploaded to the website and have uh, an understanding of what's put together for them. And then, so that saves the homeowner the time of having to sit through multiple presentations. Then on the installation side, our drone survey can survey, excuse me, our drone can survey a roof in 15 minutes where an installer might be there an hour or an hour and, you know, an hour and a half, depending on the size of the, of the home. Well, to, to me, the, the, the use case that we're talking about here is like one of the most perfect use cases for a drone. I mean, I don't, I don't think there'd be any other more perfect way of doing something than using a drone to fly over the roof and take pictures of it and measure it. Like it's an amazing well, use case what, for a drone. Uh, mentioned um, earlier was, you know, the grid pattern that this other pilot flew over his property, you know, that would have taken somebody hours to survey in that manner. Right. Um, we do the same exact kind of flight. It's called the Northo mosaic map. And it takes a, a several, a multitude, I should say, multitude images that are stitched into one image that you could zoom into at a very high degree or get volumetric measurements as this other gentleman did. Very uh, efficient, very uh, uh, quick, and you know a lot less expensive. So, and, and the main key with that is, and I, and I remember talking to you about this a couple years ago, is with the satellite imagery, you're not able to fully gauge the pitch or what, what, what was the downfall of the satellite image that, that the drone presents a, a specific advantage of? It had to, something to do with the pitch or the degrees of the roof? Well, the satellite like image, imagery isn't bad in and of itself because it's still more than we had 10 years ago, right? Um, but it's just a good understanding of the size of the roof, a general understanding of the size of the roof and, and the available roof space and some um, you know, vent locations and other things that might obstruct panels or uh, the roofing system in and of itself, right? Um, so that's a good resource, but the drone allows you to be, I mean, 
very, very, very accurate and fine measurements down to, you know, a quarter of an inch away from a vent where you're not going to get that with a satellite imagery. And that's really. Do you almost get, do, do you almost get like a 3D model out of it? You this do. You, you do get a, you do get a full 3D model out of it. So not only do you get the top down bird's eye view, but you get a 3D model. So if there are trees or if there are vents, you could rotate in that model and get a good feel for the height of that uh, vent or that obstruction, that tree, that chimney, whatever it is. Yeah. You get really good data out of it and you don't have to walk the roof. It takes you, I mean, this flight takes, I don't know if I'm being super conservative, it'd take 10 minutes of time. And uh, well, the, I mean, the alternative is also fraught with human error. Say again, please. I mean, if somebody's manually doing this and walking the roof, it's also oh, human error. Human yeah, error. absolutely. And that's one of the things that I didn't like about getting on roofs is when I was on the roof, in order to be safe, you have to be paying very close attention to how you're moving, right? And sometimes you're paying more attention to how you're moving on the roof or where you're stepping or how you're stepping that your measurement might not be what as accurate as you would have liked it to be because it's hot the sun's shining on you. It's a steep roof and you're two stories up, you know? So. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things here as well is it, are, out in Southern California, is there a higher percentage of, of Spanish tile on roofs too? Isn't there also like different materials that are a little different? I mean, it, it, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I mean, some of you, you talk about, it, so I have a buddy that's a roofer and uh, you know, he's, he's explored some of this himself and, I mean, he said that, you know, much like you said, that one of the biggest liabilities his business has is putting people on the roof, you know, and, and it, when you're doing that pre-contract and different stuff like that, you know, like, I mean, here's the thing, man, it's like, you're, you're eventually going to slip and fall and, you know, your roof is up there. It's not, it, 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 I don't know, look at people's roofs, look at your own roof. It's got, I don't know, there's just a lot of different stuff. And then not to mention, you also have like weather conditions and things like that that make it even more dangerous and ladders. and Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of issues, uh, excuse me, risks with uh, putting boots on the roof. There really is. Um, And that's where I saw the opportunity in 2013, 2014 uh, to introduce drones into the solar and roofing industry because, you know, nobody else was doing it. And still to the degree that we are, nobody else is really doing it. Um, And I just... You know, in the in the in home sales um, world, I worked. I had the opportunity to work with a lot of well to do homeowners, people who had homes that made my house look <laughs> uh, less than optimal, right? Uh, less than desirable, I, I should say. And whenever I came into that kind of house, you know, I'm talking about two, three million dollar houses out here on the ocean front, right? Um, my curiosity changed from how do I get this homeowner to buy to what can I learn from this homeowner? And I would always ask homeowners of that kind of, uh, you know, uh, background, what did you do in your life to be so successful when I built rapport, right? And nine times out of 10, they would tell me that they started a business. So when I saw this opportunity that the drones had to vastly improve solar and roofing, and I saw how well it was doing for me in my own, you know, sales, I was like, holy smokes, these guys, these well-to-do people all have one thing in common. They all started businesses. So, and that was in 2017. And a few months later, you guys launched your uh, startup hustle podcast, which really motivated me because you guys went over a lot of things in the beginning that I was barely, you know, <laughs> learning the hard way. And then here comes uh, the startup hustle, Matt and Matt. And, you know, it was a really good resource for me um, as a startup founder. So I really appreciated that, man. I, I really took a liking to your guys' show. It was, it, it, it's that Matt guy. <laughs> you know, I wish. 
I, I, I wish I had like, insinuate on my team well, because I would say the same thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's confusing. Don't hire another Sinue. You won't be able to be Sinue at DragonQuote.net. Yeah, you'll have to refer to yourself as the I, other Sinue. Well, Sinue-ay. that's true, but I will say this. You know, uh, you talk to a lot of founders. I mean, how many... What percentage of those founders would you say of the more successful ones come from teams? Well, we've spent a lot of time talking about that. And, you know, I mean, I think that for probably the first half of my history as an entrepreneur, I preferred to be a solopreneur. And I think and I think that over the years, the, the second half and working with Matt and doing different stuff, I've really learned to appreciate having the right business partners and co-founders. Um, and speaking of which, you have a I co-founder. I do. And, and I was you? actually meaning to give him a shout out. Riley Wiggins. Uh, man, I love that guy. He's such an awesome um, partner to have. And I wouldn't be where I am today with Drone Quote if it weren't for him. So a big shout out to uh, the, the Riley Wiggins out there, the one and only. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's good. Now, you know, when when I hear about your business and and I'm thinking about it for my own personal usage, I think the measurement of the roof and stuff like that's great. But I think what I like the most is the value of not having to sit through five in-home sales presentations. I mean, I I think that um, well, a you know, like anytime you have someone over to your home to come sell something. You know, that, that usually it's no, never passed and you talk about doing a whole bunch of them. I mean, I mean, Watson, I would imagine you'd feel the same way. Should turn your mic on that. <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic because, uh, there's two, there's two ways you could do it. Right. I mean, think about like carpet installers or something, right. You, I mean, you have the per- people who come measure the carpet and that's all they do. Or in your case, it's like you're measuring it, but then you're also giving you like 10 different options of where you could get the best pricing from. And I'm going to guess at some point in time, you had to make that strategic decision about which way you wanted to do that. Or do you do, or do you actually do both? Do you also service other roofing installers where you're just only... So that's a really good question, Matt. Um, initially, we were trying to service both ends, but you know, you can't be in any entrepreneur out there worth any level of... Uh, salt right is going to know that you can't be a mile wide and an inch deep and when i first started uh it wasn't drone quote it was altitude imagery i don't know if you guys remember that but um i pivoted from altitude imagery to drone quote because i wanted to offer all sorts of drone services and there i was trying to reinvent the wheel um so no nowadays drone quote we're we're not doing any of the service well we do some of the servicing but we try to pass off as, as much of it as we can because we don't want to be spreading ourselves too thin and we want to be able to focus on, on, you know, the sales or um, yeah, the sales aspect of it. So is that where you generate money? Is it from the, is it from the actual, like the marketplace or is it the service itself as the measurement tool for the, for the installation? So we generate our revenue from the marketplace, from the sale. Um, So we operate in the same manner that a, um, a, a real estate agent functions, you know, where the the seller of the house pays the buying agent for finding that buyer, right? So we work in that same manner, and that's how we get compensated. So we go out and find a, a homeowner that's interested in solar or roofing. We help them make a decision and come to a buying decision, and then the installer that uh, earns that business uh, pays drone quote. 
What, what's the average cost of a solar installation in Southern uh, California? I would say nowadays, because the prices of solar have come down, I would say it's, it's um, anywhere from 18 to 22, maybe 25K. Correct. Thousand? See, that's still a lot. It that's is. A big sale. It, um, and that's why, you know, I yeah. tell people, you don't want to have somebody come into your house and try to push you on a $25,000 sale in an hour and a half meeting. That's my whole point. Yeah. And do it by exactly. Time. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Do it and, right. and work. Right. Well, I I went through this when I replaced the windows in my home. Um, and 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 that was like a thirty thousand dollar thing. I mean, that wasn't cheap. And and you know, I it, you know, you're looking at spending all this money and you have all these choices. And 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 like it's seriously, name three companies that do windows. It's not something that you see every day. Like you might name a couple and you're like, shit, what do you do? And you got a whole bunch of people that are selling the same thing and you got a service aspect of it and all this other crap. And then, you know, like, and then it was a big job. It was a lot of windows. It was going to take, you know, we ended up doing it in phases, but I ended up having three companies come by. By the time the third place had come by, I was like, all right, I'm picking one of the three that's already been here because I don't want to go through another one of these, like, like you said, this like hour, hour and a half. And, you know, like, I mean, they show up with this like suitcase full of window samples and they're wanting to like, they're wanting to sit in like by my sink and like, look at the way the water, I'm like, it's a (laughs) fucking window guy. Like it should be deflecting water. Water should bounce off of the window. Congratulations for getting glass right. You know, and you're like, you know, but I mean, it's the, I don't know, as someone that's, uh, that I, I think that sometimes salespeople either love other salespeople or instantly hate them, sure. you know, cause you're just like, God, give me, give me another break. So, okay. So now a, a couple other things about your business. Now you are, well, thank you for being a, a member of the armed services. I know that was something you were, how, how long was were, the army, you were yeah. in the army? I, I didn't, yeah. I'd actually. I didn't know and, there was other did, branches of the army until I finished basic training or the military until I finished basic training. I was like, what? I could have gotten into the air force. What are you guys talking about? No, no, I'm just kidding. I loved it. It was the best thing ever being in the army. So when it came, when it came from that and you, you, fought I did, Iraq, I had the right? uh, all expenses paid uh, trip to Iraq two times, actually. I, I like the, that's a, that's a, I've always appreciated your, your sunny demeanor, Sinue. So what, from having a, a military background and fighting and a, a couple times in a foreign war, what, what, what did you learn about that? What have you taken from that experience into being an oh entrepreneur? My God. You know what? The number one thing I've taken away from that experience is that when I was in Iraq, I went during a very violent time. It was in 2000 five and six. And we had, our job was to look for roadside bombs. So we were out there looking for trouble, right? And hopefully we'd find trouble um, as opposed to it finding us, meaning the bomb would explode on us. Um, But I remember being, if I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, I remember being scared shitless sometimes when I was in Iraq. I'm like, oh shit, I think we're about to like, everything's about to hit the fan. Uh, people are shooting, things are going off, and like you have this adrenaline going through you, right? So you're literally in a, in a war zone, right? So for me, I took away so much from that experience because I can reflect on that experience during the difficult times that we've had in our business. And anybody that started a business knows, you know, it's not all uh, rainbows and unicorns, right? Um, 
there's been some really dark times we've had in our business where I really questioned my, my self-worth sometimes, you know, when things aren't going right um, and your decision-making and how bad things are. And I compare that to having been in Iraq and being shot at bombs blowing, going off rockets, landing people bleeding, you know, and I think to myself, man, I don't have it that bad, even though we're going through whatever it was that was a difficult time in the past. I don't have it that bad. I can get through this. I've been through worse. Let me control my emotions. Let me calm down. Let me work on the things that I can influence and that I can control. Cause that's one of the biggest things working on that. You can control because they're most of the things you can't control, right? They're out of your control. So why stress about them? So learning to control my emotions. And then that last point, don't stress about what you can't control and compare it to how bad you had it in the past. That's really allowed me to get through the darkest of times as an entrepreneur. And I'm so fortunate that I got to experience Iraq at its worst to have a real context for the rest of my life as to how good I have it. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. I mean, I always say nothing's good or bad until it's compared to something. And yeah, there you go. that's right. And, and that's it. Just having something really, really uh, big to compare it to makes my life a lot easier when I go through, you know, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. You know, I had a convert, I've had a lot of conversations about the current coronavirus situation with a lot of people. And someone, someone said to me, Oh, three or four days ago, they were like, you, it was actually Monday. They said, you seem like you're, you're really calm about this. I'm like, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I've been going through the, oh, yeah. the blender, the grinder, the roller coaster, the ups, the downs. And after you process the, the surface part of any situation, you realize it's just another problem you've got to solve. And, and I'm not trying to downplay the severity because it's obviously a big issue. But, but here's the thing. I can't yeah. cure coronavirus. I can't and stay at home orders. I can't, I can't do all that. So much like you said, it's, you have to kind of work within the context of what you've got. Um, the controlling, I think the controlling emotions apart is, you know, and that's the hardest part because, you know, the, there's, we are who we are. Um, and, you know, like for me, patience isn't always my, my greatest attribute, but at the same time, sometimes you have to be a little patient to, I'll give you an example, just like for us, we had to see like how this was going to shake out with our customers at full scale. We had to do things like see what PPP loans were going to be like, and if they were going to happen, what the amounts would be. And, and then also like, you know, having 190 global employees, you become, well, you talk about solar, well, you kind of become the energy receptacle for all the people Dang. that work with you. And, and the, the, the level of amplification that can occur, because if you, well, it's, and it's similar to, I don't like to, I want to compare my job as a, as a CEO to a, being in the army, but if you have 189 panicking soldiers underneath you, that's, that's not exactly great. Now that wasn't the case with us. I actually drew, was able to, I mentioned that, that, uh, energy receptacle, I was able to draw a lot of strength and, and, uh, and honestly couldn't, and it made it harder to control my emotions because I was so proud of the way that everyone had stepped up. But yeah, I think that, um, I, have always, uh, I've always, uh, really admired 
that people like like yourself that have been in i mean dude you were you were diffusing bombs <laughs> like well, if you if you if you can't like come out come out of that and and look at an entrepreneurial situation and and feel and and be calmer than you needed to be in that situation and then i i don't know if we could help you i mean matt matt how many bombs have you had to diffuse recently oh <laughs> Seems like, uh, well, as a software developer, it seems like that's what I do. Oh, you know, day, that's so. just a good. <laughs> you just cut you, you, you cut the red wire, right? Isn't that? I also create yeah, the that, bombs. That's true. Well, I, I will say right. this, Matt. You know, what you're talking about, you know, being in a leadership position and um, showing the right emotion during times of duress, right? You want to be the rock that your soldiers, if you will, could turn to and uh, turn to for uh, peace of mind or guidance right during hard times um if you were to panic and lose your cool your employees or your t- the rest of your team i should say would reflect on that and give that energy back in a more panicked way because the leader right is losing his cool so good on you to keep it right but at the same time it's a really difficult position to be in right to be in a leadership position where everybody's looking at you for guidance and you're 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 responsible for the livelihood of that many people right um, when we were in Iraq, we had one of our leaders, he lost his cool when, during an attack, we got, we started taking small arms fire and we started, uh, getting, uh, uh, blown up and he lost his cool and he completely lost his cool. And when the leader of the platoon loses his cool, I remember my emotion. I won't speak for anybody else, but I was like, Oh shit. Like he lost it. Like we're all fucked. <laughs> so, you know, you definitely want to have your leadership, keep their cool. In this case, you mentioned, you know, the number of uh, team members you guys have keep your cool, man. Good for you for doing that. Awesome. Well, well, and then a lot of those situations that, you know, the, the I think Murphy's law is like, you know, it's funny because I always joke about it, but, you know, Murphy's law, you know, the, wor- the, the worst things will happen at the worst possible time is basically the overview of that. But, you know, the timing is, is, and, you know, I, I was encountered with that. It, I was scheduled to leave our office in Cebu and, uh, you know, I woke up the day I was supposed to address the whole company and I was just completely overwhelmed with emotion. I was like, I... Uh, you know, and I ended up, you know, I called my wife as I was on my five minute walk over to the office. And I said, I don't think I can come home tomorrow. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I think I got to stay here for a few extra days with these people because of the way that, you know, this was really when we were, this was, this was, I think the 12th of March. And that was when things were really getting kind of hot and heavy over there when it came to some of the decisions that we had to make. And I didn't feel like I could make those decisions. Well, a being on an airplane for 36 hours and, you know, then just all the other stuff. So it was, it was kind of tough timing in that regard. And by the way, when Watson makes the bomb, all the wires are red. <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's real nice. A, a real apply yeah. to step in. Um, yeah. And last year we had a little hiccup with taking on a bad investor, which, you know, Initially, I was elated to uh, have somebody invest uh, a sizable amount into our company, and uh, I should have done a little bit more research on the individual. He was um, not necessarily the best person uh, to do business with, and we we learned a lesson that was a really tough lesson to learn. Um, and you know, I mentioned this because a few times I've heard you guys talk about, um, well, obviously more than a few times, but in past founders have mentioned you know raising capital, and I was working so hard the year before last and last year, the beginning of last year to figure out ways to raise capital because I knew that I thought that that would take me to the next step. And that's actually what was a, a big hindrance for us in 2019. You know, had we not taken on this investor, 
uh, we probably would have gotten a lot further along in 2019. And we'd be even further along now that, you know, the 2020 has gone into the picture with uh, bad, the bad juju that's taken place with, with COVID. Fortunately, you know, we did bounce back rather strongly, I would say, and give ourselves a lot of credit for that. Um, and also the drone quote model is completely online and, you know, the salespeople that work with us already work from home and are already used to remote working. So that was a big uh, upside for us that we were able to capitalize on. But again, I mentioned this because, you know, there's sometimes surprises or bombs for an explanation that we were using earlier, bombs that you have to defuse, right? Or situations that you have to defuse. Um, a lot of times they're of your own making. Just unfortunately, you think that one thing's in a good decision for your business or for your next move. And it turns out that it wasn't. And it's, you know, you have to roll with the punches. You have to keep a level mind and you have to have the resilience and the grit to not give up and throw in the towel when it gets real shitty, which again, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm fortunate that I have the comparison to, you know, real rough times. So, you know, I wanted to ask you something else. And this is actually something I, we've never asked. Uh, as as being a you know there's some government assistance and different kinds of things that exist for entrepreneurs that are uh, former members of the armed forces have you been able to look into any of that and find any of that useful when it came to building your business um there's resources available uh, they're not too much different from what's available to the general public um I did look into that and I did take advantage of some things, but it's nothing that I would say is above and beyond by a drastic amount than what the general public can get their hands on. So, okay. you know, for whatever yeah, that's I've, seen, I've seen a few things and, you know, for those of you listening as an employer, there are some various um, tax breaks, credits, stuff like that. For example, if you, um, and, and once again, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the subject, so don't take this as advice, but more of a suggestion for you to do your own research. But, you know, if you, uh, employ, um, uh, former members of the military that have been back from a foreign war, but might not have had a job in a certain number of days, there's some different credits and there's, there's just some stuff. So, you know, look, look into it. If, if you have some opportunity there, have you found, any any type of advantage uh, or built any business relationships around your business that are related to your former experience in the army? No, not not necessarily. I, I do go hard on you know being veteran owned business, and that does carry some level of weight with some people. Yeah, and, sure. That's, yeah, well, that's part of it. Yeah and, yeah, and I know that that does earn us business with um, you know a percentage of the population out there. Uh, so I take a lot of. Um, you know, that, that makes me happy, you know, that I could do that. And, and that's a big benefit in and of itself. And then I think since you've been around since episode one, would you like the opportunity to beat Watson at Rochambeau? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I want I'll you guys to play that. right now. And, and, and for those of you listening, we can see each other on video right now. So I will be able to be the judge and I want you guys. So I'm not, I'm going to sit out because I'm retired. But you, all right, let's, let's see it. I got to see it, right? One, one, two, three. <laughs> wait a second. Wait one, a two, three, <laughs> shoot. You, you saw all my right, card. Right. You, saw- you got to do it again. It's on the fourth, the fourth one. Ready? One, two, three. 
shoot. I no, saw paper. No. Watson, you are the worst, dude. Yeah, yeah you're literally. You're below the camera level, man. All right, let's try this again. You're below right. the camera level. You're, you're seeing right, my cards. We'll call twice. it two out of three. Ready? Go. One, two, three. Oh, come on. What? <laughs> Watson lost. That's the, just... It's too hey, hard hey, to do this over video, I think. Yeah, modern like, technology is great, delayed. but not that great. There's lag. So, by the way, last night, my wife, so we had we entered a lottery to put our one of our kids potentially in a, a public school here that does Chinese immersion. And oh, it's like... Awesome. A, well, it's like, a, well, here's the thing is it's far away. And so oh. we, our daughter got picked. We won the lottery and we're like, shit. And here's the thing. We live right around the corner from the number two ranked elementary school in the state. Wow. So it's like literally two minutes or 20 minutes. But uh, when Jill and I, I said, I want to go to the close one. She said, I want to go to the other one. I said, well, let's Rochambeau to see where it goes. And she wouldn't play me. She, she knew she knows she knows that I'm unbeatable. And for those of you that don't have a long history of listening and startup hustle in the world's most unprobable event, Matt Watson literally lost, I think, 17 or 18 straight matches of rock, paper, scissors. And if you can figure out the mathematic probability of doing that, please, because I can't. I can't add that high. So you guys were doing well, it for dinner a few times, right? Well, no, yeah. Watson had to pick up a dinner tab on that once. You know, the funny thing is, it's always his idea. You know, so he, he would he would he would sometimes beat me off of I, outside of recording, but God forbid that red light be on because that was like the red light of victory. Um, but no, that's it's been a while. He actually even bought me a T-shirt, and which, by the way, I saw I found in my. I was I was getting rid of T-shirts and I I elected to keep that one in the closet. Matt, he gave me a T-shirt that says Rochambeau Champion. Yeah, actually, I think his ex-wife gave it to him and then he <laughs> re-gifted it to me, which is oh, isn't that, that's what happened, right, Matt? <laughs> I'm positive that's what's happened. That's <laughs> I I think so. I think the shirt was too big for me, so I gave it to you. And then I was I was wearing it one day and she came by the office and I think he took some shit for that. So oh, all right. Man. So so all right. Now one one of our newer but not so new traditions here on Start Apostle is we like to end our episodes with what we call the founders freestyle, giving every founder a chance to have a, a freestyle moment on the mic and talk about either what they've learned, what they're planning on doing, or really anything in general. Uh, Sinue, that'll, that'll put you up. And uh, what would you like to say to, to the world of startup hustle on the way out of this episode? You know, I, I would love to give words of encouragement um, because they're, they're, you're, you're always going to have um, tough times, good times, you know, uh, in, in your business, there's always going to be the good and the bad. And, you know, the level of grit that you bring to the table is going to make the difference between succeeding or not in your venture, right? Um, having the grit to stick it out when the going gets tough, um, but not being so stubborn that you don't pivot from something that may be uh, not necessarily a good idea. So obviously still be intelligent and be uh, as wise as you can with your, your decisions. But really what it comes down to, and I can say that I'm proof of it, is just stick to your game plan, be willing to ride out the rough times and if you can partner with somebody, because I, like I mentioned to you guys earlier, I have a wonderful partner in Riley Wiggins and, you know, I can say that I'm successful today. We're successful. Drunk quote will continue to be successful even during these tough times because of the model we built. 
but also because of the fact that, you know, we have one another. So I'm a big proponent of uh, partnership, uh, working with a partner to start up a, a business and working with a partner who's going to have the same level of grit as you. Master Watson. You know, I just want to point out that, you know, I think Sinue is a good example of somebody who, you know, worked in an industry, saw a problem, decided to go solve it. So there's a better way to do this. And that industry knowledge, a lot of times is how entrepreneurs, um, you know, scratch their own rich, solve their own problems and create a business out of it. So I think it's great. I mean, that's, that's what uh, a lot of small businesses are. A lot of entrepreneurs are, and that's what we need. That's, that's what creates jobs in the economy. Yeah, I think I think my my the point that I got th- that I took away from this episode. And once again, Senora, it's it's good to finally get you on here. I know that you waited Thanks quite for a while me. for you know we we until until the recent coronavirus stuff. You know, we had never done remote podcasts. It was always uh, an an in studio experience, which we valued very much. And, uh, and I, I still miss that because I like sitting across the table from everyone. It's, it's maybe when that comes back, we'll just, we won't be able to shake hands or, and we'll have pictures six feet apart from each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, I think the, the thing that, that I really heard, and, you know, and let's, let's just roll back here. It's, you're talking to a veteran of two foreign wars and a guy at that that literally was looking for explosive devices to find them and clear the path for others. I mean, and, and like, and this is someone that is saying to you, I've seen a lot worse and I've been in ten, a lot more tense situations. I've learned how to control my emotions because being overly wound up stressed out tense or losing your shit is not to your advantage and you know there's and you know there's i mentioned earlier is i've never i've never attributed patience as being one of my strongest attributes but as i as i come up on my 45th birthday this year i have sometimes learned to hurry the fuck up and wait (laughs) and you know that's something that over this last few weeks and you know i haven't had a history of time stamping episodes but today's april 9th and you won't hear this on april 9th it'll be somewhere down down the road from that but had many people made a lot of knee-jerk reactions there are people that are collecting ppp loans they're scrambling to try to hire people back there's fences that aren't going to be able to be mended and, you know, you have to be able to have it much like a commander in battle. You have to be able to make fast, decisive decisions. But sometimes you also just have to survey the landscape, see what's going on, get a gauge, see which way the wind's blowing whatever it is, and try to make a calm, informed decision. So, I mean, I, I really took that away. Once again, uh, with us today, we had Senue Montoya the founder of dronequote.net go check out what they do and learn a little bit yeah it's it's uh, you can't see us but i remember to wear camo today anyway see y'all next time thanks so much for listening to this episode of startup hustle with matt decorsi and matt watson for more great content and to stay up to date visit startuphustle.xyz and if you enjoyed today's episode please rate and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on startup hustle